Yeah, welcome to another episode of Being Frank. Now I'm your host, Frank. So we're not saying that with my co-host Amelia, but she will be back this week, though, finally. And she will probably drop some knowledge on you guys, what's been going on, and talk about a few things and all that good stuff. And um, hopefully get back to some normal shows and getting everything a little bit more organized. I know it's been kind of chaos lately, but hey, I appreciate you guys joining us today. On this lovely, lovely, warm Sunday across the United States, besides down in Texas. Y'all be careful down in that South Texas area. I see that hurricane's coming through. I was down there a couple of days ago. Clouds were getting black. I heard and got my ass back on that Southwest and flew the hell out of there. So, hope everybody's doing good. Um, join us for Sunday at Stallings. I mean, I'm sorry, Sunday with Stallings on the Ben Frank Now Show. Make sure you hit us on Instagram, or the kids will call it the Graham. Also, find us on Facebook. That's at Ben Frank Now. That is Ben Frank Now. Also, hit us on email. Continue to send them emails, but I've been ask, I mean, answering a lot of questions on there. At Ben Frank Now, 911 at gmail.com. Ben Frank Now, 911 at gmail.com. And if you are a Verizon worker or have an inside connect, hit me up because I have a Samsung S8 Plus. I think I'm going to go ahead and give me a new phone. I'm three years overdue. My phone screen's cracked. I need a new phone, so hit me up if you could. But um, hope everybody's doing good out there today. Um, We are now on Zoom. So I post a message on a Facebook page if you're listening. Great. If not, check us out on Zoom. Continue to come and follow us and visit us on the Being Frank Now show, especially on this show right here on Sunday. Everybody know a Sunday with Stallings. Hey, Brian, you there, brother? You hear me? Yes, sir. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. How you doing, man? Yeah, I was I was doing great uh, this week. Went to went back to the crib, saw my parents, and, you know, took the kids with me. Then I got back home. No yeah, air yeah. ain't working. What? No air conditioning. Yeah. yeah, you still got these fans on me now. <laughs> yeah, so. Good man, good man. God bless you, man. Yeah, man. The air conditioner, you gotta have the air conditioner working, man. What's the temperature like in Indiana right now, man? Uh, it's like high 90s right now. Ooh, the dog days, hey, dog days of July, August. Football camp by the start is in them two days. <laughs> Shit. Uh, and we, hey, you know what? Kind of tired of what we're about to talk about today, man. They don't do that stuff no more. These kids ain't got softball. No, two days? <laughs> Okay, we're going to talk about the yeah. Yeah, hold on to that. Let me introduce Greg. I'm going to come back to that one. Hey, we got Mr. Gregory McMullen. What is going on, man? Man, what's happening, everybody, man? Just a busy day here in Lincoln, Nebraska, but just like y'all, it's 90-plus degrees, and let me tell you, these clouds don't look promising. It's like it's about to rain out here, so I'm about to, I don't do the rain. It's like it's about to thunderstorm for real. Hey, man, you be careful. You know um, you're in that neck of the woods where Kansas and the Wizard of Oz and all that shit. You know how Nebraska get, man. <laughs> Damn tornadic weather. Yeah, <laughs> you tell them. But, no, I'm staying safe. My kids is good. I, I can't complain. I'm blessed on this Sunday and ready to have this good conversation because, uh, like Brian said, is it something in the water, or or, 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 or as I said, is the male ego so frail that it's in jeopardy now, man? It's, it's, see, you're, you're saying that. See, and that's so funny because I had a few people message me after I posted this topic on Facebook yesterday. 
They hit me. See, they like to hit me up on the side so nobody don't see it. I ain't gonna call your names out, y'all. Ten people they like to hit me up every time, especially on a Sunday with Stalin Show and Stalin. You got a few guys that like to listen to you over in um, North Platte, Nebraska. That work on the railroad, and they're not. I mean, they don't say too much, but they really enjoy listening to your talk at midnight. And it's like you got a big following, brother. You got a big ass following. But uh, what I was gonna say is, I told them. When I post this topic, I'm like, I can kind of guess who will probably be, for the old school way, who will be the new school way. But hearing Greg say that, you confuse me now. But I thought you're going to be the more the, you know, well, you need the softest. You know, you're that new generation. Like, you know? <laughs> See, I'm wrong. Hey, you not let, let's put it this way. I'm more progressive in my thought and understanding on why the change of curve. But in terms of what I agree with, like I said, I agree with the old way. I understand the new way. But, I mean, we're talking about some grown men now that's starting to act like, <laughs> like you know, like millennials. I mean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's what I want to dive into, man. And, but let's go back to that football thing. Hold on, Brian. You said there's no more two-a-days now? I mean, they're starting to slowly get away from it. It's, um. You know, they're now kind of like, you know, having, um, you know, two-a-days. But to us, like, you know, when we played, at least high school, mm-hmm. we legitimately was out there in the morning. Then we had, like, workouts or, you know, lift, you know, lifting or whatever in between. And we was right back out there later that evening. They cut. They doing away with that. They, they go by how many certain amount of hours. What? Uh, you got so many hours of what you can do. And, yeah, a lot of times, man, you know, they keep that stuff indoors. Um, you know, nothing like what we were doing. Not, not ice, cream, ice, ice cream parties afterwards. I mean, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Are you serious? Hey, let me see. So I, I went to Nebraska 2012, and I can honestly say before these new rules kicked in, 2012 fall camp, not because I was a freshman, but because we worked. Like you said, it was up there from the morning Afternoon, I felt like we was up there all, man, from 5 a.m. to darn near 11 at night. We were there all day. See, in in my little short-lived career in college, especially Indiana University that first year, I remember it was hell. I remember that first year. I mean, it was nonstop. Plus, I was on the Fat Man program where I had, I mean, I had to cut weight. (laughs) It was bad. I don't know how I gained that much weight, but I had to cut weight. yeah. Yeah, I felt like I was running every damn that you know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna lie. I thought it was, it was crazy. I was running so much. I would wake up at two o'clock in the morning, couldn't sleep, had to go run. Like it, I was really, I don't know, man. But it was a different mindset. You know what I'm saying? I don't think these kids can go through it right now. And then when I went to JUCO ball, my two years there, I mean, we ran nonstop. It was hot. You know what I'm saying? You know the fields. It's like going from D1 in the Big Ten. To the, from the suburbs to going to JUCO is like going to the projects, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, I'm straight up. You get used equipment, broken down equipment, feeling really the best, and rocks are everywhere. But we were getting our ass. But you was in shape though. You know what I'm saying? You run the hell out. You know you, you were getting the shit ran out of you, but you was in shape though. And dudes were puking, and you keep it going, man. You keep it going. So I'm glad I got to experience that though. But hearing that these kids ain't going through that, it's crazy. And I'm a member of the USC website, and um, I follow USC pretty strong and they were talking about a couple years ago coach clay helton was giving these kids ice cream parties that's funny when you said ice cream they were doing ice cream parties after football practice up in usc i'm like what 
I guarantee Alabama ain't doing no shit like that. You know, maybe it's a West Coast thing. These kids are soft, man. But no, no, they doing it. No, no, it's a. I'm telling you, it, it, it's progressive. Hey, can I? Hey, yeah, it's a progressive idea because, like I said, when I started my freshman year, I mean, it was the hardest workout ever. But then as time went on, they got all these different rules and regulations where it was like, oh, you can't be out there X amount of hours or recovery time for kids. We had GPS thing on our, uh, what was it? Yes. 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 How much we ran, exertion, power input. It was was phenomenal. But the people who had too much of a workload, they had to taper back on. So a two a day was more like a one a day with an idea that the second half of the practice was like a mental day. Hey, so (laughs) Frank, matter of fact, is because we were both in college at the same time. It might have been our sophomore year. What was old dude's name that played for the Vikings? That's a, the, but you read my mind. Corey Stranger. I, you, I was going to say that, Corey too. Stringer. I was going to talk about that. Corey Damn it. You beat me I remember, to it. I remember, I remember, yeah, I remember because we were in camp when when he died. Man. And I, and anyway, we, I was thinking, like, ooh, they're going to cut practice short. <laughs> they nah, it up, all they did, all they did, they, they, came, <laughs> they came out there with a number of ice, ice baths. Big old trolls for us to just jump into after, after practice. It, 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 look, it kept going. Like, Nowadays, man, you let one one kid die, so everybody shutting things down. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> you know, but yeah, Corey Stringer, I remember to this day, I remember sitting sitting in the dorm room, and I was like, yeah, they're going to cancel practice today. Oh, yeah. He's going to do that, dying and stuff. I was like, no, no, we man, still practice. You read my I'm mind. Like, <laughs> you read my mind, man, because after what Greg said, that I was always talking like, hey, Stall, you remember Corey Stringer from Ohio State right. who went to the Vikings? I remember Corey Stringer, but I remember reading the story about him. And this happened to us, I guarantee you, since we're all linemen. They said um, he died of de- um, dehydration, right? Heat exertion or something like that? Heat, heat stroke. Heat, heat exertion. Yeah. He worked out so hard that his feet were squishy inside his shoes from the sweat. We all have had squishy shoes before. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Back then, yep. keep going. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But nowadays, let that shit happen. I think it might be, is it lawsuits or what is it, man? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think, I think that's what it is. I think you just said right there, it's, it's lawsuits now. I mean, people, you know, I think uh, our judicial system, like they, they don't, they don't get and understand that, like, you know, somebody getting that hot, that's typical. You know, what I'm saying that's been going on for years. Oh yeah. You know, so when somebody dies, but but then again, too, though, you know, like us, like you know, you take our body, our frames, you know, and we go back to like the '60s. Or the fifties, or heck, even the seventies, they didn't see. You know, there weren't big dudes like this, like that. You know, what no. I'm saying so when they worked out, you know, their heat exertion levels weren't as high as what it would be for us. You know, so they they would have to probably change some things. You know, just in order to, you know, be not going over. Oh yeah, yeah, this, yeah. And the thing is, I, I know one reason. Like I said, I try to understand both sides. You know, old school versus new school. I think a lot of it is dealing with, you know the type of equipment that's out there, the new mm-hmm. studies in terms of what kind of workouts to do. And even more so, like Brian said, not many people was 300 plus pounds. I mean, the 70s and 80s, you didn't have many 6'5", 6'6", 350-pound people. Like you had some big people, but, you know, and then on top of all that, the new research is what they do with the medical field, you know, with concussions and soft tissue injuries and all this. Pre- everything's about preventative injuries. How yep. can we prevent an injury? Because if you can't play you ain't no good to us so if we can avoid by tapering back some 
then great. But sometimes it looks more soft than it does helpful. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So well, I, mean, I think I think it I think it is helpful, but I think yeah, I think it definitely is spilled over into areas of like it's just ridiculous. It's you know, like, 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 it's like, like we're talking about what's that? I coddling, it's yeah. I mean, I mean, we can definitely we can talk about sports, but like you know. I mean, I think it's spilled into a lot of other areas outside of sports to where it's like, okay, well, this person, they've gone through so much. Let's let's make life a little bit easier for them. Mm. And, you know, or and it's, yeah, it's the same thing, man, to where, like, if it's, if it's difficult, then, you know, we're going to go and try to make it a little bit easier for you, mm. which, mm. yeah, I can't wait for this conversation. Oh, well, shit, let's go ahead and kick it off then. Yeah, there you go. I mean, let's go ahead and roll with it because – we speak about um, men not showing emotions, and then um, then we have more of a I hate to say it, quote unquote crybaby society. And I think the crybaby society, some will call what snowflake. Also, that's a term they use also. And um, what is it? I mean, is is a male ego fragile, or is it? Or how are we? I mean, who's at fault? Where are we at as a climate of people, especially men, on the or the structure of the mindset. Where are we, you think? Man, Where I are think... we mindset for men? What's that? I'm sorry. I don't say your question again. Okay, basically I'm asking, where are we at as a as a society, especially on men? Well, where is our mind frame? Where our um train of thought? Where are we as a whole with our ego and comparing the nineteen yesterdays to today? men in general where are we as a society how men are viewed how men are built how the structure of the so-called quote-unquote man is check this out i think a lot of times you can kind of take the temperature of where we are in our culture by what you see in the media yes and uh you know saying like you think about the 70s frank what, what would you say is your probably your favorite you know I know you like like a lot of little old shows, yeah. you know, back in the seventies. What, what, what would you say? What would you say be your favorite show from? Back oh man, Sanford Son, Sanford Son, and Good Times. I'm diehard. Good Times. I say, look, Good Times. Yeah, you got James Evans. James Evans. <laughs> that, that was a daddy. Love him. That was a daddy. He went to work. He didn't play. You know what I'm <laughs> yes, saying? Like him. that's how it was. I was an '80s kid. Like we, we talked about before, my show was. Uh, the Cosby Show. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like he was silly, but he was a good dad. You know what I'm saying. Like, like that we we had those type of images. You know, as what a father is. You fast forward to now, what do you have? Exactly. You know what I'm saying. Like, what, like, what, like, what's the, what's the portrayal of dad now? Shows are more focused on, like, you know, these. I'm not even sure what you call them, but like, you know, just a different like dynamics of family. You know, where like you might have like a. A single mom, you know, raising kids, or you know, and though that is our, though that is a real thing, you don't. There's an absence of that, and so like you know, and so like we talked about this during our Father's Day episode, you know, if there's if there's no, if there's 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 no understanding of what what a what a dad is, then there's no understanding what a man is, mm. because mom can't teach a boy how to be a man. Exactly. Therefore, that boy grows up. That boy grows up into watching his surroundings and kind of collecting up what he thinks a man is, yes. you know? So whether that be from, from, you know, people from school, you know, people from, you know, the neighborhood or whatever. And then, you know, and as you talked about, our society is already getting softer 
in terms of being able to fight through adversity. And that's the big thing. When adversity hits, a lot of people want to just jump ship. It's difficult. You know, like that's that's across the board in relationships and jobs and school. And, you know, we we are so quick to jump ship when things get difficult. So if a kid sees that, if a boy specifically, if a boy sees that, you know what, this is an option. I can give up. It just goes somewhere else. That's what they're going to do. You know, and so I I think that's that's the start of it is that we don't have a model in the household in a lot of in a lot of circumstances of a good. And I won't say just because a dad is there or father's there that he's a good one. I'm saying of a good father in the home. Mm. Go ahead, Gray. Man, that was good. Damn. Oh yeah, ain't no question. And I agree. And this was you about to laugh because me and I, me and Solomon's going to agree. I would agree with that. A lot of it starts with you take the shows that you used to watch, and then that was the media that was put out there. Even if you look at some of the movies like The Woods or Boys in the Hood, like it was still focused on being with one woman and wanting to be a man, which was work hard provide, not be soft, and all those qualities that where you can look at and be like, oh, I love watching Good Time. That, that, that's a man. That's that's how a father's supposed to be. Yes. Watching Family Matter, watching Stanford and Son, and I, you know, a bunch of other shows, you know, but I would agree. Somewhere in the media, it got lost, and somewhere along the lines, it became okay to remove that tough strong father figure out of that role and like and like brian said you know a single mom can only do so much you know because a single mom is not a man she doesn't know how to raise a young boy and to be a man you know and that's where it gets difficult because i think a lot of stuff that people grasp to is the media whether you're talking about music television you're talking about what's put out there in the streets what's in school so my biggest thing is if we're talking about how to raise a boy to become a man and, and trying to preserve, like like women say it all the time, chivalry is dead. Mm. <laughs> you know, women say that quite often. Chivalry is dead. The, the man that comes over, nice to meet you. I'm so-and-so, opening up doors, being polite, you the manners. I think our media has really permeated our, our, our kids, our youth, and a false perception of what it is to be a man. And I think that's where our biggest issue comes at because you even got some homes that have that father figure. But like Brian said, just because he's a father figure and he's there doesn't mean he's teaching you how to be a man. Because in my own experience, if my dad was around, he sure wouldn't go teach me how to be a man. Right. <laughs> you know, so I feel like a lot of it seriously is like our media now is showing stuff that some people look at like, like the whole co-parenting movement, you know, I didn't know what co-parenting was that I went through it myself. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, right, you're right. Not like now where people like, oh, let's just have babies and be friends with probably benefits and just raise our kid in the best interest of our kid. And it's like people doing that. Yeah. People really like it, that's OK. That's OK, I guess. But then you got all these mixed relationships, open relationships. You hear all these crazy terms, which they existed. But. Now you're giving this idea of a man more of the idea of the only way to be a man is to be a player. Mm. And that's and that's 100% not true. Mm. You know, because we got daughters. Man, I know Frank, man, you, we got daughters. So how, how am I supposed to convey to her that what she see on TV with all this hip-hop and R&B and all these people are showing all these hey, he, such and such with this person. Now they broke up and they with this person. I'm like, um, is that normal? Because they see that 
did that become the normal? Like, oh, in order to be a man, you got to jump around. And it's just, I mean, this topic is so broad and so interesting that I, it makes me mad because like, like we talked last week, media puts out the information and I think it takes over us. And I think that's a hundred percent true. I think it takes over us because like I said, the seventies and eighties and nineties, the sitcom that were out there, the TV show out there had a powerful man role, father figure, et cetera. Now you turn on the TV, you got baby dads. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And you know what? Great to, to, to piggyback off that because um, y'all both said um, Brian started the um, seventies and eighties sitcoms, and I know I said Good Times and um, Sanford and Son, and he said The Cosby Show. Who was yours that you kind of looked at in the nineties? Or yeah, you're twenty six years old, so you're more of a nineties kid, right? Is it? I mean, is that fair a to 90s say? Kid. Um, I watched. <laughs> I watched a lot of the old sitcoms like Good Times, yeah. the Jeffersons, and all that stuff. But one of my favorites that I also used to watch was Family Matter. Okay. You know, yeah, I yeah. watched that. That was the 90s, you know. But the stuff I remember, it was strong. But not even just strong men, strong black men. Yes. You know, and that's one thing that is missing, you know, because like, like my, it was a show on Netflix called Marlon, I think. Great person no uh, even pops hell let's let's take that show the Dwayne's brother man i love yeah john witherspoon you know, rest in peace you yeah. know strong father you know even though he was a single dad but the way that he operated was like disciplined tough work hard every day don't give up it's like that reassurance that was given and now that kids ain't got that i feel like like we talked about in the beginning men, men are soft it's like almost like it were cool to be tough and 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 work hard and be a blue collar guy and, and come home with rough hands and calluses and and foot sores. Now it's like, oh no, I got to get me a Manny Petty. What? Mm. You, you got to come on, man. like you 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 know. And, and I and I even and I and I say this openly. I even hear the saying a lot of women is is, is put it frank. <laughs> uh, these dudes acting like bitches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So now this is now this is my this is my 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 uh, I guess not even a question, but my point I want to make is that so we've been speaking on like you know this Black Lives Matter thing and this and that whatever, um, and I find it very interesting that you know again because I, I didn't even know this either, but like I guess they have, they have like eleven eleven pillars. Of what they believe and all that stuff, and I, I looked this up. Yeah, I want to find that. Like, yeah. there's like, yeah, there's like, there's like eleven pillars that they want to stand by. And they've created like school curriculums and and like these curriculums that they're teaching, you know, these different things. And one of the things they're going, they want to teach in elementary school ed starting is gender fluidity, where yes, you know, yes. you, you know, so like, you know, if you know, if you want to, if you're a boy, you want to play with the dog, and so what if you you know, if you want to walk and go to school in a skirt, man, so what? You know, every, you know, and it's like, you know, on the surface, in my opinion, I feel like, okay, if a kid wants to wear a pink shirt to school, I feel like there's a masculine way to do it. You know what I'm saying? But there's nothing masculine about wearing a dress. Is there anything written to where you shouldn't, uh, you know, shouldn't do that? I mean, I think that like, it's it's my, my I guess my feeling is is that like you know what is your reasoning behind it? But what I feel is is that there's now this push, this movement of masculinity is something that needs to be done away with. 
And I think you're mm-hmm. seeing that in you're seeing that in media. You know what I'm saying? You're seeing that like you know you see it a lot. Like for example, like you know, I don't know how y'all discipline your kids, but I'm an old school disciplinarian, meaning that I'm gonna use some bass in my voice when I'm getting when I'm addressing my kids. Mm-hmm. I don't have to whoop them. I don't have to beat them. I don't have to do any of that stuff. But when I put that bass on them, you know what I'm saying? I firm up. A lot of people get like, yo, like that's scary. And it's like, wait a minute, what? Like this is one of this is my child, and then two, like y'all need for me to discipline him now before he grows up and be the six five, three hundred pound, you know, kid with no discipline later on when he, you know, later on, later on in his life. And it's like people are not used to that. People are not used to. And okay, now, now let me clarify that. People without outside of the black community mm-hmm. is not used to that. No, because I think a lot of black folks we get it. We understand like you know. This is how we discipline our kids. But what's happened is, is that I think that, you know, like I said, there's certain movements. And again, I think a lot of people are sleeping on it because they don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. But they're pushing. There's this there's this thing to where they're, they're trying to pull out masculinity. Mm-hmm. You know, masculinity is a threat. Masculinity is oppressive. Masculinity is, you know, and it's like, OK, we need more. So if you look at the Black Lives Movement, Black Lives Movement, there's very, very, very specific on women, women equality, queer women, uh, transgender women, like, and it's very focused on that. And I think that that's just another example of where, you know, if you take out masculinity, what that means, like, you know, we are going to, you know, not show it as much through our, our media or we're going to, you know, I just feel like, you know, there's a lot of opportunities now in our society to where you're not going to see good examples. And yes. if you do see good examples, a lot of times those examples are questioned. Mm-hmm. So what y'all thought, what y'all thought about that? Yeah, it's funny, but I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I was looking at the, let me just say this. I was looking at the pillars, right? And number six is a queer affirming. And say we are committed to fostering a queer affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intentions of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heterosexual made of thinking. So basically, you can't think heterosexually. So, or rather, the belief that all in the world are heterosexual unless he or she or they disclose otherwise. So basically, you're taking heterosexual. It used to be the front. It used to be up in front. Now you want to push heterosexual back that's what it's saying to me you know you well heterosexual was more of a man that's at the forefront that's intimidating now so you you basically gonna take heterosexual and basically put it on a back burner and put queer affirming ahead of heterosexual that's what it's saying to me right here at number six number seven is trans affirming we are committed to embracing and making space for trans brothers and sisters to participate and lead we are committed to be being self-reflective and doing the work required to dismantle the cisgender privilege and uplift black trans folks, especially, especially black trans women who continue to be disproportionately impacted by trans violence. Wow. You know, I mean, when you sit back and start looking at this, it's, wow. That's, I mean, think, think about it. Think about it. Think about it. If you, if you were to say back in, you know, let's say the early 60s okay. or, or the late 50s, who 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 could be who could have who could have the nation seen as a leader in the civil rights movement? You could say like a Megar Evers, right? Mm-hmm. Or or in the early sixties, you could see, you could say a, a Martin Luther King or Malcolm X, right? Um, but who would you say as a black leader now at this very moment? Who, who would y'all say? In, in what regard? 
I mean, in, in, in the black, in the in in this movement that's going on now, that that Black Lives Matter is pushing, okay, in the in this movement of, of equality and, and you know, uh, police uh, reform and, and this and that or whatever, who would you say is a strong, whether as an individual or an organization, who would you say has who's in the driver's seat right now? Wait, who's, who's driving? Who's, who's driving the black bus right now? I think honestly, right now at this point in stage of our life, like where we're at now, I don't think there's a one driver. I think there's many drivers, not with just the Black Lives Matter movement, but there's a bunch of black people that's in powerful positions doing different things to help. Like for instance, Meek Mill's doing a whole criminal justice reform and police brutality. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. I, 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 mean, I know there's others. I know there's like multiple people, but I'm saying. Like just just as during the civil rights movement, there were several people outside yeah. of just Malcolm X and and and, uh, and Martin. They, they're Who's just the head. ones that were just very profound. Like they, you know. Like so I'm saying right now, who would you say it to be, or what would, saying, what would you say it to be? Yeah, you're saying more like the figurehead of the movement, basically, right? Right. I think honestly, just the people themselves, just people, like the citizens. Like, I mean, there's not a one person like we can't point to like. Back in the day when it was Reverend, whether it's Jesse Jackson, Reverend Al Sharpton, Dr. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, you know, and a, and a whole bunch of other people, Scaretta Cox. Okay, let, let, me, or let, let, me, let, me, let me ask you this. Let me ask, ask it this way then. 40 years from now, when, we, when, when people look back to 2020, they, and they talk guys. about black, you know, and, and, they, and they look at like, you know, what was the driving force in black reform, right? Mm-hmm. Who, what would, what would be the icon or the image if you had to pick one image or one one group or one person, what would you say that one thing would be? Sad thing, gonna say Black Lives Matter. Right, right. That's that's, that's, all, that's all I'm trying to get to. And, and so, and so what I'm saying is, and, and, and tying back into this conversation is that is that when when that's the organization, and we understand that masculinity is not something that they are going to produce or or, or not produce, but that they're not going to support. Then it's like, okay, what are we doing with our boys specifically growing up? Are they going to be? Are they? How are they going to learn how to be masculine when the main the main movement is really pushing other stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like I feel like you know this is like a, this is more than just a black issue because you see it on, on you know other you know other races as well. But like you know, there's a lot of times where you see just a lot of softness, like yeah. just. You know, like emasculated like behavior, and, yes. I, and, I, and I just I don't understand it. But here's the thing: the funny. I mean, not to cut you off, Craig, but it's so because that's why I was going to talk about like with the whites. My dad, he grew up with Andy Griffin show, and I I remember watching some Andy Griffin shows. Andy didn't play around when it came to Opie. You know what I'm saying? He he laid the law down. Andy was he was strict for for a white man. Then I remember my dad watching the show My Three Sons. It's about this. Um, it's a show back in the 60s or 70s, I think. It was a father of three sons. And I remember watching on Nick at Night with him. Then in the 80s, I don't know what, what white folks had to look at, too, as a strong father figure on TV. I don't mean, I just, I didn't watch too much TV. Like, I mean, just being real, I didn't watch too many white shows been in the 80s. I don't even remember. I just watched cartoons. But in the 90s, though, I figured that's when the whole masculinity came into the picture. And I really think it came into the white culture first. Now, I mean, I'm not, not, not masculine. Yeah, yeah, the masculinity is basically the whole, you know, the clean cut, um, 
the um the um not heterosexual the more the more softness type you know they were they just they were portrayed different as in what you see in a black tv show in a black sitcom and i think that, i think that kind I, of, I think i think actually i think actually in the 80s dads were more considered looked at more buffoons really yeah. yeah, like 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 you think like you know married with children, a buffoon. Oh, you know, like yeah. like you don't take that serious. Or or the Simpsons, you know, like he's a you know Bart. I mean, uh, Homer Simpson he's a, he's a buffoon. A, he was a, he was a, he was a comedic. Like and I, and that's funny that you say that because now that I start thinking about other shows. Yeah, they started making Dad the clown. <laughs> right. You know, but but listen, but that goes back to what I said in terms of like there's a couple things. One thing I'm gonna talk about is this, which I'm talking about now is that's what we're talking about. The masculinity part is they it's the media. The media portrays strong men as a certain way, and that's what we saw. That's what it was about. It was about that strong head of household chivalry. You know, if a if a guy did cheat, like, like you whether you didn't hear about it, it was like, oh, he's been with her 40, 50, 60, 70 years. Mm-hmm. But but now you look at TV shows, dad is just a guy that they don't respect. Like even let's take I watched this show Ozark. That's something fairly new. That's couple my years show. old. Yeah. <laughs> the dad, they list they they respect the mom despite all the stuff the mom has done. I I feel like personally they respect the mom way more than they do their dad. That's just my opinion. That's a white family. Right. Because the way I look at it, when stuff hit the fan, you know, mom sit down, do this, and they like, okay, cool, yep. The dad was very passive, very chill. Just kind of they yell and fuss at him and walk away, but like with the mom, she wasn't having that. It's like she was the woman, the nurturer, but she also was the man that had the balls. And it was like I feel like the media portrays this identity of what they want to push, and that's what happens. And I mean that's with anything that we go through. Like we're all puppets almost, mm. you know. And I never thought of it like that, but like you said, certain time periods, you're like, oh wow, the dad was a strong, powerful figure. 20 years later, the dad is absent. Yeah. 10 years after that, the dad is a, is a joke. And I see it myself, like, living day to day, certain people are more, like, the woman is more, t- oh, man, yeah, I, that is crazy. I mean, the fact that even with my own situation, you know what I mean? Like, my kids, I have to be, like Brian said, I get loud with them. I don't have to hit them. I get loud with them. Mm-hmm. And people look at me like, oh, you can't do that. Chill yes. out. Calm down. What the hell? Yeah. My son. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? He ain't about to be soft and all that other shit. Like, no. So I see what Brian's saying when you, you know, being a big guy like we are and getting loud with our kids, people look at it kind of scary. Like, what? Yeah. Like, what's going on over there? Like, I'm an old school kind of dude. Like, <laughs> I don't need to hit you. I'm going to get loud and that's going to be enough to scare you. You know what killed me is, is the fa- like you say media and I kind of tied media into entertainment, entertainment with fashion. They all kind of correlated, you know. And what pissed me off is I understand everybody wants to stay with the trend and stuff. I don't kind of I don't follow the trend. Never been a trendsetter or whatever or trend follower or whatever you want to call it. But um, I watch you guys that's my age. I look on you know, like I said earlier. I say this every episode. I use Facebook. I gauge the pulse of the me. I gauge the pulse of society through Facebook. Because Facebook tell you a lot of shit that's really going on. I hate seeing grown ass men. Forty, I'm forty one, so I'm hate seeing grown ass men in their forties or hell even their mid thirties wearing skinny jeans, wearing all this, all this um young kid type fashion, trying to stay with the times. Man, dress your age, dress appropriate, or is that 
or can I not say that, you know, when you tell somebody dress their age, because they will say, huh, what is my age? What is the right way to dress? You know, but it just we live in a culture now that is media driven, entertainment driven and is is driven by, you know, big brands. I don't think we'll ever get back to a time where you see that quote unquote father. That dad looking, you know, I said the dad figure, the the masculine guy. I don't think I think we are past that stage now. The fathers you'll see are maybe your skinny jean wear, tatted up, you know, more heterosexual. Not more. No, I'm sorry, not heterosexual, but more of a soft side to him. You know, it's hetero. What's a hetero? hetero? Heterosexual is more. Which which one is that? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you'll see more guys that just more a little bit more flamboyant. I think, I think, yeah, I think you're looking for an infeminate. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Yeah, it's a more feminine type man. That's what I was, yes, exactly. And I think we're saying that now. We're, we're, going, we're in a stage where we'll see more men as more feminine-like. And it's sad. But I think the reason for that is because of what we see on TV. I mean, do you agree or disagree? Well, I agree. I agree. And I mean, and it's and again, it's it's just the culture of the world we live in. Um, <clears throat> the culture we live in is saying that that's acceptable. That's okay. Like, hey, <clears throat> like, you know, think about it. Think about it. I remember uh, last week. Um, uh, 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 Oh, what's his name? Montgomery. Um, yes. Yeah, he he had made a comment, and he was talking about dating. And you know, if if, if you're not happy, then you know, go somewhere that that makes you happy. And he was like, it's all about happiness. It's all about your happiness. And I at the time I can't remember what I was doing, but like I didn't want to interrupt him, but I, I disagreed with that mm-hmm. um, because a lot of time, a lot of things, everything is not about your happiness. Mm. You know, um, you know, and so like. You know, but the thing is, is that we live in a society that everybody wants to pursue their own personal happiness. So if if, you know, a man wants to, you know, change his appearance and become a woman or dress up as a woman, we no longer see that as weird. We used to think we we used to think that that, there was something wrong with that in the 80s. There was something wrong with that in the 90s. In the early 2000s, there was something wrong with it. But now in the 2020, like, hey, he just he's comfortable. He's happy. If a child, if a child, if a kid is like, you know, you know, if, if one of my boys came to me and said, Daddy, I think I'm a girl. My reaction is, no, you're not. And then you would have people actually will argue with me and say, well, you know, he, he's going through all type of stuff because he truly feels that he's not born. The, the, uh, he's not happy. So he needs to be happy. So if he feels like he's a girl, we should treat him like a girl. And we start using uh, female pronouns and, and this and that. Whatever. It's like, wait a minute. He don't get to choose his bedtime. How does he get to choose his gender? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, <laughs> and it's like, you know, it, it's it's that kind of crazy. That's like that's the stuff we're living in now. It's like we want to go ahead and do whatever it is that makes us happy, regardless mm. of how crazy it looks, mm. regardless of how off it is, or from my stance as a Christian, regardless of how unbiblical it is. And so it's like when when you when that is allowed, then yes, Pandora's box is open. So it's gonna be like you're gonna have so you're gonna see some crazy combinations of of, of ridicu- ridiculousness. And like, you know, when you know, when, when we get, you know, when we 
when our kids are you know get older, I'm like, what what else is there? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? What else, what's, what else is coming down the pike? Yep. I got some ideas of what I think might happen, but but yeah, it's all about everybody wants to make it about happiness. Be happy, be happy, do what makes you happy. Mm. Man, this is this is what we get. Man, I think you were probably in my house a couple of days ago. We're gonna have to talk about that, but we were just talking about exactly word for word what you said because I'm going through a situation I've been going on going through for about four three years now with my daughter in Texas and we need, we'll talk off air about that one, but yeah, man, that is, that's another story itself. But Greg, what do you think about that, man? Um, like, like y'all both said, you know, the, the, we, I don't, and that's, and this is why I say it's confusing on if we're like puppets because he just said one decade, it was like, that's weird. The next decade is like kind of warm. The next decade is, Hey, be cool with it. You know, it's no problem. So, so, I, and and this is and this is another question to pose to what he already talked about. How is it that all these fabs that's out there become the norm? Mm-hmm. Like, think about it. Let's take clothing. Like you said, fashion media. You kind of had all together back in the early two thousand. Baggy clothes was a good thing. Yes. Wearing tight stuff as a dude was like, huh? Exactly. That kind of, you know. I mean, I I just got done watching yesterday. I was watching um. The franchise boys lean with it, rock with it, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And these dudes' shirts was huge, huge jerseys, t-shirts, all that. But now, <laughs> like you said, there's this skinny jean movement stuff. It's like, what the heck is that? Exactly. It's like, why is that okay? That why is being more feminine as a man okay? Exactly. And that's the one thing that I don't even have an answer for because yes, we can say it's media, but when you look at it. The media don't tell us what to wear. Like, 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 if you're a 30, 40 year old man, you telling me the media was strong enough to change your perception of what it is. Like, you know, yep. like, <laughs> hey, it's okay now to wear jeans three sizes too small. Mm. Mm? Mm. It's okay to wear fishnet shirts. That's that's called fashion. Huh? Mm. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, they they did wear those in the eighties though. They did. Now, they did. Hey, now, 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 now. Let, let me let me throw this, let me throw this at y'all. Let me see what y'all think about this. So, the st- currently the, st- the statistics say that one out of three black men will go to jail at some point in their life. There is a completely different culture that goes on in, in prisons and jails, as we can assume. There's certain behaviors that go on in prison that would not be okay once you get out. Mm-hmm. And what you see a lot of times is a lot of if a lot of us are in prison, if a lot of us are in jail and we come out and we bring some of that prison culture out, guess what? Our culture applauds that. Our culture loves the prison, the, the prison mentality. You know what I'm saying? I, I remember I remember when I was younger, I remember like LL Cool J used to like pull up, pull up a pant, one pant leg. That was like a style. And like, I didn't even know. I remember like, you know, being a kid, wanting to fit in, whatever. I did that stuff. And like, there's there's stuff. Somebody told, uh, pulled me to the side and told me, do you even know what that means? Mm-hmm. Nope. I just saw LL Cool J doing it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or the same thing was sagging or, you know, or just there's like a bunch of different things that, that's been taken from prison and into the, specifically in the black community. So what like, what do y'all think? Do y'all think there's a correlation to the idea that if there's if if a third of us are going to jail, mm. do you think is that a reason specifically within the black community why there's so much 
infeminate behavior going on in our community. Mm, go ahead, Greg. Could could be. I mean, you can look at it that way, but let's let's think about this one. You, you take prison culture versus because I mean, me and Frank, we we worked in prisons and jails. This is why it go. It actually goes back into our last conversation with this bad boy persona. Yep. It's like it's like us black men try to be calm, cool, collect, get our mm. handle our business, you know, taking care of our family, kids, whatever. And yet sometimes the black woman look at that and frown upon us. But yet, dude getting out of jail, acting, putting on his facade like he hard and tough, mm-hmm. they want the bad boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, this has been something since day one. You know, the prim and proper dude get left behind and the rough, tough, whatever persona that is, he's the one to get taken. So, like you said, I don't, in terms of, like, a lot of people who go to prison and then get out, some of them wear it on their chest like they're proud of it, and that makes them look tough, look more masculine, look more manly, look more like something they're not. And and, and I think they do it because it, it, it gets them in good graces with, with women. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, I don't know why, because I'm not a woman. I can't speak on it. <laughs> but, I, you know, because I've been in times where I've worked at the jail, and I'm like, dang, dude, got four or five girls coming up here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the, you know, that's kind of crazy, but yet, is because oh he looked like he's a tough dude, not knowing what he's doing on the inside. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> because I could tell you. So, t- like, no, no, no. You, so, that's, so, so, so when you talk about is there a correlation between prison culture and then black culture wants to get out onto the street? I think there is some, but I think it ain't, it ain't in terms of the dress and how they dress and stuff. I think it's more of that's what it's like to be a man. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Makes no sense. I mean. Yeah, it makes no sense, you know. And like I said, just to piggyback off of our last conversation when it's, you know, interracial relationships and dating, I think that's where a lot of it gets lost at is because women see that. And I'm only speaking for black women. I can't speak for white women. I can't speak for none of that. I'm speaking from my experience. They see that and they think, oh, he's tough. Mm-hmm. He got swagger. He got the tattoos. He looked tough. He looked intimidating. He looked scary. Whatever that may be, <coughs> that's looked at as a positive when yet in reality, I think is a sign of our our culture losing its masculinity, because a lot of those people, <laughs> they they talking to, to to Rebecca and Ashley and Brittany on them lines, but they doing something with Donnie at night. That is so, true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and I'm just saying, you know, in terms of our lost identity as a man, I I guess my biggest issue is now that I'm thinking about a lot of stuff. How is the media so powerful that it's able to change the mindset of a 40 year old man to where he starts wearing skinny jeans mm-hmm. and stuff that's like really dude <laughs> what, what are you going like, like what's going on like well, what happened in your life that where at 40 years old being a successful individual you decided to put on a pair of skinny jeans well check this out though the cop um I look i'm i'm six foot five 370 pounds you know i'm dropping but it is what it is but all bullshit aside though I, get, I shop at Burlington Coat Factory. That's where I get my pants at. You know, I got a size 42 waist. And I go to Burlington Coat Factory. I remember going back home in Indiana to go get some pair of pants. I walked in there. After coming from Texas, I was like, hey, you know, let me go see Burlington Coat Factory. You know, they got some good pants, cheap, whatever. I walked to the men's section. All skinny jeans, bro. All skinny jeans. And it flipped me. I mean, I tripped out. And I didn't realize, you know, I mean, I don't stay up with um, hip-hop culture as I used to back in the day. But everybody like, hey man, that's what um that's what Ross is wearing. Man, who the fuck is Ross? You know what I'm saying? 
Rick Ross. That's what he's wearing. That's who that's what he's wearing. He's wearing that style. I'm like, what? I'm like, no, man. Are you serious? So the the um the the um as a consumer, you know, our our um old school mind frame is we don't our selection is getting invaded by this new school culture, you know what I'm saying? So it's making it tough for me to go find these skinny jeans. So I mean to go find the jeans I wear. So I can't go to Bronze and Co. Factory anymore to find the specific pair of jeans I like to wear. So now I'm like, what the hell, man? Where do I have to go to next? You know what I'm saying? Back in the now, day, this I this is now this is this is what I'll say to you though, Frank. I think that we gotta also understand too that we're not just a monolithic group. Like we, like we're all. Because we're just talking about black folks right now. Yeah. We're not all just the same. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we there's different subgroups within the black yes. community. Yes, you know is. what I'm saying? Yes, so is. like I used to, yeah, I used to myself used to shop at you know Burlington for a certain type of clothing or whatever. But as I got older, as I became a professional, I was like, I'm not about to go and. Buy a bunch of Nietzsche jeans. I'm not going to yes. say and buy a bunch of Echo, you know, you know, gear or you know, Sean John. I'm, I'm not right. buying a lot of that stuff. Right. So then my spot became K and G. K and G, you can yes. get, you know, dress, you know, uh, tons of dress, you know, outfits and stuff like that. So what I'm saying is that I think there are a certain pockets of people who they are just stuck, regardless of how old they are. They're just stuck in that urban as as I will call it urban or hood life. Yes. And that's just that's just the the uniform for that type of setting. Mm. Whereas like some of us who are like blue collar yes. or, or some of us who are who are former athletes, yes. like I wear sweatpants, shorts, t shirt majority of the time. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like yeah. you know, so like, you know, it, it but you know, but again like, that's just that's just a part of our section of within the black umbrella. You're right. You know, and so but I guess my concern is my issue is is not necessarily what we dress or how we dress, but how we deal with that person. Mm. You know, because because I'll be sitting here, man. I used to, I used to like, you know, kind of like what you, you know, when you listen to, uh, to, uh, you know, watch Facebook to kind of like, you know, to keep a pulse yeah. on the world. Yeah, I, I listen to stuff that be on, you know, on the Breakfast Club. I mm. can't stand the show, but the, the Breakfast Club is like. Anyways, like they play on emotions. Oh. They play on emotions. Yeah. So if so typically, generally, I would say that, you know, one of the things about women, women are emotional. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're emotional. They're, they're in tune with their feelings and things of that nature. Men, we're logical. You know, we're, 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 more, we're more generally, again, we, 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 think, we think about things a lot or we process things a lot. So, like, when you now have men that's over here overly emotional about stuff, you know what I'm saying? You get men worked up emotionally. We can't think correct. We can't think correctly when you're allowing emotion to be to be in the driver's seat of of where, of how you think, and and that's what you see a lot of now is like you know when you get when you get somebody talking about oh, the KKK did this da, 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 da. like <laughs> nobody can pick out the last time someone from the KKK has killed a black person, you know what I'm saying? But like you can get somebody riled up about that, you know, on some hot, and so like it was. I was listening to this, um, <laughs> listening to. Uh, the Breakfast Club, they had, I think, Ice Cube on there. And, you know, Ice Cube was, you know, talking about some stuff. And Charlemagne was on there and he was like, you know, well, you know, uh, they're talking about, you know, the, the police reform. And he was like, you know, well, you know, uh, uh, y'all the one who started it was NWA with, you know, oh, F police. God. And he was like, nah, nah, we didn't do that, you know. And it, and it was like, you know, 
and I was looking at comments, you know, in that in this interview, and people were like, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, the white man been doing this. It, it was just like a lot of like worked up aggression about, you know, something that I feel like, you know what, like there's so much other stuff that as a black folks we should be concerned about mm-hmm. because police brutality, yes, yes, is a problem. But, yo, there's so much more that's going on with us that we should be addressing. So I guess, like, you know, what, what Q was doing was, like, he's, like, trying to get people together to, like, write up a bunch of something. And, and, Frank, I want this to be a topic of ours. Okay. Like, we could talk about all the issues going on in the country. Yeah. I want to talk about what we're going to do about it. Okay. And so that's what Q was doing. He was like, okay, this is well, we, these are the demands that we want. Okay. And, and you know, and it's kind of like when, when you ask somebody who's emotional about what they want, they can't articulate what it is that they really want to have actually actually change. Yes. They can sit here and, and complain about well, white people this, white people that, white people this, white people that. Well, what do you want? Uh, I want white people to stop being racist. Mm. What? Like, no, like articulate what it is that you want. Yes. And, I, and that's what I'm saying. I think like right now we're in a culture where everybody's so emotional. Masculinity, I, I believe masculinity, part of that is to be a thinker. Mm-hmm. Think about what you're saying. Think about what you're doing. Think about what you want. Mm. But if we're so wrapped up in the, in what, you know, I, in my opinion, you know, the gift that women have, which is emotions, then who, if all men are going to that side too, then who's out here thinking? Who's out here being the critical thinker? Not saying women can't do it, but I'm saying like it helps when you have men who are generally not as emotional but more thinking or not and more critical thinking then i think that helps but you know we're not there we just everybody wants to be emotional hell yeah great damn see and that's what and that goes into what i what i keep saying about men losing their man like not being a man because there's comes a point in time where where did it all go wrong because like you said men find solutions with critical thinkers we operate well under high stressful situations, but one thing we don't do well is when we get to that emotional stage, it's kind of hard to think rationally, you know? So my biggest thing is, it's like agreeing with Brian is, okay, if we are going over to this soft side, and I use the word soft, emotional, interchangeably, if we're going over to this soft side where we run away from adversity or at least use emotional thinking to make these decisions, how do we fix that? Because Let's say, friends, we say, oh, well, there's not an absent of man in the house. Just because that man in the house doesn't mean he still can't be a hard worker. He can't teach certain things that a man needs to know. So, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat. You know, a lot of these dudes nowadays, and I'm not saying this, I don't think it's necessarily bad because it, it's good to be able to express yourself in all facets of your life, whether it's emotionally, physically, mentally. It's good to be able to express yourself, but expressing yourself to the point where you lose that manliness is my concern. Yeah. Like, okay, we got a problem. Okay, I'm going to do something that's irrational because I'm super pissed off. I'm angry instead of just sitting back and being like, you know what? How could I have done that better? Okay, I should have done this. I shouldn't have done that. Okay, I should have did. Okay, okay, I figured it out. Instead, now, like, I think that's why we got so many shootings and stuff. Like, you look back at 70s and 80s, there was a lot of gun violence. There's always been gun violence, you know? But a lot of the times, what what what, what do they say in Friday? Hey, put the gun down, son. Oh yeah. Use these. Mm-hmm. You win some, you, you lose some. some. But you live, you live to fight another okay. day. Yep. No, that was manly. You know what I mean? Pops was manly, but yep. yet you look at now, emotional. They run, emotions running high. Why'd you kill such and such? I was mad that he he stole twenty dollars from me and I had to get him. That's emotional thinking. 
Oh yeah. That's not that's not rational because once they get done, they rational side, that manly side kicks in. You know what they do? I feel so sorry. I should have yep. killed it out my best friend. Yep. So I'm at the point now where just like other topics me and Brian talked about, I think a lot of it is one of those things where whatever's controlling and making our influence so greatly towards these certain things that's hurting our culture, like he said, find solution. That's a solution. Find what's making our society and our, our culture that bad and that watered down that we're not able to come back from it. Because I, I, I honestly, I don't think we can come back from it. That's just... I don't think we can because I see it too often. I mean, I see kids now and they don't even want to, they can't even do gassers. I mean, mm, mm. I mean, I'd be looking at kids, 110 pounds, you know, you know, seven, eight years old and they can't do nothing. I'm like, you can't, you can't even run one sprint. You soft. like what the, you know, what, where is this coming from? Or kids who got athletic ability, but don't want to do nothing with it. They just not doing nothing. So, I mean, I, I I would agree with him. We are becoming more, and I mean, we as in a black culture, becoming more emotional thinkers instead of the rational, logic, critical thinking that once was our culture. And I don't know where to pin it at because you know you can still be a strong man and not be in the household for whatever that reason may be. So we can't say solely because of single moms because we know a lot of women now that are tougher than the dudes. Yes. So. If the women getting tough like dudes and more critical thinking and more of this and more of that, and they're the ones raising our kids, you see what I'm saying? You know, I feel like we're getting our balls chopped off. I'm going to just be flat, blunt, honest. We're getting our balls chopped off. And this going back with Bryce. But, 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 but I, get, no, I agree with you, Frank. But my question is, how is this happening? Like, like certain things you can point to. Okay. Like, for instance. Okay. Huh? I, can, I can. Okay. Okay. And, you know, I mean. <laughs> I don't take it. I don't care if I take some um, some flack for this, but I think it all started when the um, the LGP the LG community start um, coming about. And hear me out. And this is the reason why. I remember it was Rosie O'Donnell. You know, I think she was one of the first ones that really in transition and started to become more known and um, letting it be known where she stand at. Well, society kind of um, shamed her. A little, and then she—I think she got put on a back burner. Then all of a sudden, Ella DeGeneres came into the picture, and it started gaining steam. And it started gaining steam, and Hollywood started gaining steam with it, and it started picking up. Well, TV shows start switching, movies start switching, like we talked about. You know how we said the '80s? I mean, the '70s and '60s, and the '80s kind of made a dad look like the buffoon, and the '90s and late '90s became more of a comedy show, and then all of a sudden, this whole 2000 things start changing. The man. The quote unquote man change. You don't see that manly commercials anymore. You don't see the lava soap where the man washes his dirty ass hands from coming home from work. You know what I'm saying? You don't see that on commercials anymore. <laughs> Gillette, did they get some back? Did they get some, um, did they get some heat for some commercial they did a while back? The shaving commercial? Um, uh, I think they did. Yeah. So the one I'm saying, the media is the cause of all this, you know? Um, like the dad bod. It's not cool to be fat dad with the gut. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's little things of how media's portraying things. It's trying to get rid of fat man or the thick woman. That's why I put that um, thing on Facebook yesterday. Everybody's talking about the Victoria's Secret model and the swimsuit issue and all that stuff. 
What? I think probably what eighty five percent of American women don't look like that. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I want my woman to have stretch marks, you know, because I wanted to show her real life what she went through, childbirth. You know what I'm saying? Let's be real. I'm just keeping it real. I feel it. You know, but that's what that's it, it all ties in together. And um, I'm blue collar. I got a associate degree. You know, I could have went back, kept going, but fuck, why? I mean, it is what it is, you know. But they get rid of blue collar father, the blue collar man. If I don't work nine to five wearing brown hush puppy shoes and tight pants that show my ankles, I, I don't fit in with today's culture. You know what I'm saying? And everybody know that. Everybody see that person out there, the bow tie wearing guy with the with the straight pants and the little brown swag shoes on. Puff Daddy be wearing that bullshit too. And I think that's what's happening with our media is is kids, our kids, the younger generation, they seeing that, they're idolizing that. And it's starting to become the norm while we become extinct, like the old dinosaur. We don't know what the hell we're talking about. And that's what's going on. And I think it's going to keep transgressing and keep getting worse and worse and worse. We're a dying breed, you know. And um, I'm going through that with my daughter right now in Texas. Like, she look at me I'm like, I'm just dad. You know what I'm saying? I'm basically on a – there used to be a hierarchy in the household. And I, I mean, it is what it is. There used to be a hierarchy in the household. Father, mother. Father was disciplinary. Mother, she's the caretaker of the house. For some reason, mother have basically trumped the father. And I don't understand why is that, you know? And I can go on and on about that, but the mom discipline towards a child is looked at as more punishable or harsh than the father. Because I say something to my daughter, my mom don't let me, my mom don't tell me that. I don't listen to you. I listen to my mom. Whoa, you know what I'm saying? So I know. I mean, I can keep talking about this subject. I know there's so much I want to say. Hey, but... so so check so check this out. Yeah, man. this is like this is <clears throat> this goes back to back to our uh, our conversation we had earlier um, in our Father's Day episode and the episode we had about divorce and, and marriage. But you know, coming from a Christian pers- you know from the from the Christian perspective. You know, the a family is supposed to be father, dad, and then kids, right? Right. So, you know, when we talked about, um, when we talked about uh, Lyndon Johnson, you know, when he passed that bill, I think in '60, it was after the Civil Rights Bill, um, but the the War on Poverty, right? Um, he that that's the, the the idea of the government you know giving money to single mothers mm-hmm. and then incentivizing it mm-hmm. um you know so like to where like you know a woman that's that's getting welfare um she can get a certain amount of money based off of you know her income plus how many children she has and as long as she doesn't you know and there are certain things that if she does not have a man in the house then she can continue to get this yes. she can get section eight housing she can get you know what I'm saying all these different things which is pushing the man out. So, like, when you have a system that's out there like that, mind you, none of this stuff is talked about in Black Lives Matter. No. Nobody is talking about the fact that the black family is broken. Mm-hmm. You have 75% of our kids, of black kids being raised in single-parent households. Me, personally, I never would have thought that my kids would have to go through that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Their mom didn't, come, didn't grow up that way. Right. I didn't grow up that way. Their grandparents didn't grow up that way. Right. So it's like, why in the world would I think that why in the world would I think that my kids would grow up that way when both their parents never grew up that way? Right. So like, 
but what you, but what you see is now is that the concept or the idea of <clears throat> the concept of idea of family it's not that serious the role of daddy is not that serious mm-hmm. mama can take mama can do everything yes. now, right yes. Yes. And, and, and 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 there are some amazing women who were put in circumstances that they have to do everything but i'm quite sure that if you was to ask each one of those women, would you rather have a partner helping you raise your children or would you rather do this by yourself? I guarantee you, if they're being honest with themselves, they would rather it be a, a, a partnership, right? Yeah. So so I think like what's happened is, is like, I mean, there's a lot of variables of how it can happen. I mean, like one thing is that nobody talks about is like we over-sexualize things. Everything's so over-sexualized. So like, you know, like, so having sex is like, part of you know especially for us when we were growing up like having sex was like that was a part of like you know your rite of passage as a as a man yeah. you know say so if you wasn't get if you wasn't getting none like then you know yeah. what's wrong with you exactly you know what I'm saying? I remember I remember getting specifically getting in clown <laughs> because that was, I wasn't on that. I wasn't on that. You know what I'm saying? So if you weren't getting none, there's something wrong with you. Yes. And so and so, like you know, so like now, now that we're over sexualized and we're sleeping around with people and stuff, now you start having pregnancies. Mm. Now I got this girl pregnant that that I really had no intention of being with. Mm. Now I got co-parent with her. Mm. I can't stand it. Mm. You know what? I'm gonna stay away from her. Mm. Or, or 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 he or he with another, another girl. No, nah, he gonna see my kid. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Now you got all this craziness. You know, and so and so like now you have completely. I can now, now this child is right is being raised in this in this mess. Yep. You know, and it's it. like you know what do we what do we expect is going to happen to this kid? Exactly. This kid's seeing it. This kid's seeing this craziness going on. They're going to raise up and think that you know what that's just how it is. Yep. So like so like for me, you know, say I can only control like you know what goes in my bubble, but like for me, I try, I tried as much as I can as as. As difficult as it was for me to have to go through my divorce mm-hmm. and explain that to my kids, you know, I still try to be able to give them the image of what a godly father is. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I try, I try to like, you know, when you, cause, uh, you know, you asked me, you know, about you know, me going to tear hold a lot. I try to let them see, you know, my, you know, my parents as much as possible of seeing what a godly mother looks like, a godly Good. father looks like. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So that, that so that they, they could be like, you know what? Okay, because I, I I explained to us like you know look, you know things happen you know yes. and, and unfortunately in the world we live in you know things happen unfortunately and, and you know me and mommy got divorced you know and, and so like you know they don't understand it now but I feel like as they get older they'll understand it mm-hmm. they'll start being able to collect connect dots and stuff or what you know or what how it all you know went down or whatever right. but in the meantime like I feel like it's important for me to build that foundation of them understanding. What does a good family look like? And that's why I get so livid about that whole Black Lives Matter thing about them wanting to attack the idea of a nuclear family. Because I'm like, yo, if there was anything that I could say outside of just sin of, of the problem of black folks you know, or, or families in general, I don't care if you're black or white, mm-hmm. is the fact that the families are broken. 75% of us are in single parent homes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Daddy is not in general and usually it's mama, mama that's less raising the kids. Yes. So that means that 75% of our kids are growing up without a dad in the home. Now dad may be in the picture, but again, like what, what does that look like? Is that is that is that a weekend day? Right. You know what I'm saying? Is that is that a uh, is that a guy that just comes around every once in a while? You know what I'm saying? 
we don't know because there's still there's still an effect to that. Yep. So you know, so like now we have a generation of kids, especially now, mm-hmm. or the younger kids now. We have a generation of kids that are disconnected to their fathers. Mm-hmm. The, the, the relationship with their fathers are not there. So therefore, it's like you know they can sway either way. They can sway and, and grow up and be traditional uh, a traditional man. You know, where, where's you know that's that's you know strong in that verse and this now whatever, or they can sway the other direction and just give up and have no confidence in themselves, um, you know, as what society is is telling them to do. Wow. Great. See, and that and see, and that's what and that's funny that you say that because like any situation, you know, and and this like when we talk about the racist or people who are racist, it's something that's cool. You know what I mean? Like kids don't grow up being racist. No, somebody taught them that. So my thing is kind of like the the father, I feel like sometimes whether it's 20%, 30, 40, 50% is way too much that the woman creates that demasculinization of the man. And that's just me being all the way real about it because like he said, when we talk about custody and stuff, me, whether it's divorce or we have a baby out of wedlock, we got a co-parent, who by default has to has control of the child, the, the mothers. If a father wants his rights and all this other stuff, guess what end up happening? They got to go to court. Now, I'm not trying to be funny. I've been through that process. If you want to get a good lawyer to get good time with your kid, you talking about spending four to seven thousand dollars. Who got that kind of disposable income in a, in a black family, in a black neighborhood? Not, not much. Man. Not many. Man. So my thing is when I look at this, like I said, like Brian said some stuff that hit me different because now I'm not trying to fault women for the demasculization of what a man used to be. But when you start to think about it, I think some women chose welfare over a man. Mm. Point oh, blank in the story. Because, absolutely. And, and my thing is, if that's the case, then how's that fair for a father to try to be a man and try to be everything he can, but yeah, he got the door closed on him because, hey, they said they want me to get my $1,000. You can't live here. My $800 in food stamp. You can't live here, so <laughs> you on your own. You're right. So what you think he gonna do? You know, you know what I mean? I mean, like, there's so many different avenues that I just hear Brian speak. Where sometimes we agree to disagree, but I'm like in agreement with him heavy today because a lot of it makes sense. Like, you demasculize a man by taking away his ability to be a father to his kids and turn him into a weekend dad. Mm. No offense, but if I'm telling you five days a week, I'm the supreme ruler, disciplinary, I'm everything, and in the two days you go with your dad, he trying to tell you something, you looking at him like. Exactly. You, you only here for forty eight hours, so I get it. Yes, I, 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 I go through it. And one nope. thing I will say is, I appreciate that, that things have gotten better with my oldest kid's mom, and things are semi better with my with my other kid's mom. But my thing is, it's like if you are there trying to be the best father you can be, but yet that mother, for whatever reason, is holding you back from being the best you can be. Whether it's you trying to discipline and she intervening. That kid looks at mom as being uh, overpowering to the dad. Oh, if yeah. I go to, hey, don't you do that? And she like, no, it's okay. The kid like, oh, mom got the, okay, cool. Mom got the pool around here. And that's where that comes into play. Because if I'm supposed to be the man of the household, I say go as long as you're not hurt nobody in this household. And that's where I think a lot of people collide and bump heads. Because you got, I'm going to call it overzealous women and mothers who then, oh, it's my baby, it was in my body for nine months, I know, okay, like, yeah, they did go that way, but, you know, he out here now, 
<laughs> where I can actively participate. You know, yes, he needed you to feed him and, and to carry him in the womb. I get you, but he out. And that's my DNA too. So so we got to start sharing some of these responsibilities and not what you say goes. And I mean, this happened in every, there's not even a black and white thing. It's happening in a lot of different people's families, but in statistics show that in the black community, there's more single moms in the black community than white. So this is a black issue. So that's what we talk about. So I think not only do something need to be taught, whether it's parenting classes, co-parenting classes, but also how to parent in general. Parenting isn't what mom said goes, because in my opinion, if what mom say goes, then what is I, what, and that's how some men may think, then what am I there for? I pay my child support. Yep. <laughs> that's all I'm good for. Yep. That's all they want me for. They don't, they didn't want to give me no custody time. So, and that's, then, that's, go ahead, go ahead, my bad. No, because no, then, this is what I was going to say. So then you got men who think like that, but then what about the men who like, no, I'm going to keep fighting for, to, to be a man. That's what they say. I'm going to be a man. I ain't leaving. I'm going to stick with it. And then they lose their careers and lose everything trying to be what they thought was a man, which was never giving up. So that's all in the whole. I mean, you is, see what I'm saying? Yeah. When do not giving up become stupidity? Is that all part of masculinity? Yeah, that's just, yeah, that's on the. Um, I mean, think, about it. You got, think about it. You got some men that's with women they shouldn't be with yeah. because they were taught fight through adversity. Yes. Be a, man, know, be a man, fight, 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 fight. Yeah, that's you our. Yeah. Argue with the woman, you make up to her in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I remember watching uh, Guess Who with Bernie Mac and Adam Sand- uh What's his name? Uh, 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 Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher, there you go. Kutcher, yeah, prank. He did the prank. He was in there. He said, man, you better go over there and put your man pants on. You go, you know what I'm saying? They walked over there. He was like, baby, I'm sorry. And he started going through, like, I'll give you this. I'll do this. I'm, I'm so much better with you. You know, he did that whole spill. But my thing is, and this is true to what is out there, when men mess up, I feel like we got to do 100,000 things to make up for it. But mm. yet, when that woman messes up, huh, okay, move on. Get over it. Mm. So what? Hey, you know, but, but you know what? I'll say this, though, man. I feel like that's the reason why we're not as emotional. We were not created to be as emotional. We should be able to take that. We should be able, we should be able to bear, take on that. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like, you know, I, I don't believe I don't believe in this in this silly talk in, in terms of, you know, there's no difference between men and women. Yeah, there is. There is. You know what I'm saying? We have a lot more testosterone in our body. We have a lot more estrogen in their body. Like we are, we're just different. And it's OK. There's a beautiful thing to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that, like, you know, when you think about, you know, like when you have like, you know, this this feminine feministic movement, you know, like where people are, you know, wanting to act as if like being a woman is a bad thing. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, there's, there's a beauty in that. There's, there's a beauty in that. And so like, but and but also on the flip side with men, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we have to take on. Like, so all, all that stuff that you was talking about, like, you know, with, with the courts and stuff like that, like, you know, the courts, like, I, I remember when I was going through my divorce, you know, somebody told me, it's like, you know, dude, if you can settle your stuff outside of court, do that. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, I was like, and I was like, you know what? We can't because the stuff that she wants, I, I don't agree with, you know? And so we went to court and I'll be dead. Like, mind you, like I was that, I was that dad. I'm doing Bible study with the kids at night. I'm, you know, I, I do bedtime and, you know what I'm saying? And I, I was like highly involved with my kids. It was not like, you know, mom did everything and dad just was just there. You know, like I was highly involved. And so, like, when you go into court, they already have the presumption that mom did everything. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, 
And so, like, so again, the system, the system's already built against us. And so, like, there were a lot of times, again, like, I was, I was out, like, I was, I was just checked out. I was like, what, what does it matter anymore? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting, you know, to try to want to keep my family together or be or trying to, trying to not, you know, get done dirty in court, you know. And I'm, and there was times like I don't think I'm going to make it, but then, yeah, here we are now. I made it. You know what I'm saying? And, and, I, and I made it to where, like, my kids still respect me. I still, I, I made it to where my kids can still love me and look at me as still daddy. And so, like, as hard as that was, as difficult as that was, I still was able to be able to fight through that. So when you say that, like, you know, there's things that men got to go through that women don't have to. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. There are things that we have to go through that women don't have to. And it's, it's is it unfair? Yeah, probably. But we were built to be able to put it uh, to, to take it on, mm. you know, see, and go ahead. see, and that's why I get confused that because now when you put it that way, what people don't like, if you think about it and, and, and depending on how you look at it, man, we are walking punching bags. I mean, think about it. We have to explain our, like, for instance, tell me if I'm wrong. If something happened, we got to explain ourselves to our women. It should be a two-way street, but a woman ain't got to explain herself to us. And what I mean by that is, it should be that way. But for instance, if, if for whatever reason, say I want to go hang out, people make it was a skit about this. Uh, and he was like, hey, "I'm gonna go hang out with the boys, go get some wings." And she's like, "No, you're not. You didn't ask me." He was like, "He was like, you went out with your girls the other day. What you talking about? You didn't ask me." Well, that's different. So my thing is, when you look at Men versus women. We talk about how women are inferior or should be submissive or should be or emotional. But we yet, in honesty, they're tougher because in in reality, if I do something, why do I got to explain myself to a T? <laughs> but yet, I'm just saying, they like, take the same situation. Say I cheated. I got to explain myself and do 10,000 things to make up for it. Mm-hmm. But yet, if a woman cheat, guess what? I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I love you. End of story. We got to be tough enough to deal with it. Mm. So, so I, like I, 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 that, that. I mean, that sounds like a little personal because I mean, I, I ain't never had that type of situation. I've never had like a right answer to somebody. But, but I mean, but again, I, I will say this. But I will say this though. Like when it when it comes to relationships, okay, like because you because you said something about like women being inferior and submissive and whatever like no like women are not inferior like that i i didn't say that uh and then two like as far as submission wives to be submissive to their husbands not boyfriends you know what i'm saying like like we like we like we like, we, like the, the, the idea of submissiveness and all that stuff like we can get into that in another conversation but going back to what we're talking about here uh specifically like Yes, like again, I will agree with you. Like, yes, men like have to go through different hoops that women don't have to. I agree. No, no, but no. What I mean, go ahead. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, like, for instance, what's harder to do? Having like, like you said, when you went through your process, that was the hardest thing for you to do because by default, you're looked at as not being there for your kid. You see what I mean? Like by default, you're looked at as oh. He ain't there for his kids. A woman typically get full custody until proven otherwise. You got to get temporary court orders and all this other stuff. What I'm saying is, as a man, we have to go 
far more above and beyond than what, like, for instance, and, and this is just me being honest. I tell, and I joke with my a girl about this. I said, a woman, yes, her life may be hard to some degree. I said, but her life is only hard because the physical nature of who she is. Because, for instance, only thing I feel like if you're looking at life, a woman don't have too much to worry about because she can work, she can provide, she can do all this other stuff. But yet, there's a ton of programs out there for her in case something happened. You know what I mean? Like, there's, like if a woman decided she wanted to be single her whole life, she 100% absolutely can. But my thing is, for a man who's going through the same situation, there's nothing out there for us. It's just... <laughs> You gotta figure it out. Like, right, like, 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 right, like right now, you sound like a angry white man mad about mad at affirmative action. Mm. That's like well, that's, that's that's what you sound. That's what you sound like right now. Because let's be completely honest. Like it's a lot more difficult for women to you know get in the workforce or workforce and be taken serious. Like, like that's what I'm saying, man. Like we we're it's a broken world. So like everybody has their issues. Everybody has their fault. Like there's there's a system that unfortunately we have to live by you know so not saying it's right not saying it's wrong but what i can't do the same way the same way i, I will sit here and forever say that you know our issues that we have in the world i can't i'm not gonna put it all on white people the same thing i'm not gonna sit there and say that all of our issues when it comes to gender is you know all women get all that like i'm not i can't do that right. you know what i'm saying because there's certain things that you know we benefit as men there are certain things that we benefit as as being black you know what I'm saying? There's certain things that people can benefit from being white. You know what I'm saying? There's certain things that people can benefit from being Asian. You can be Asian and get a job, get a job working, you know, with numbers a lot quicker than you, than some white people because people just assume that Asians are just really smart with numbers, right? So, like, there's benefits all around the place. What is it right? No, it's not right, but it's just the world that we live in. You know, no. so like when you're so like when you're like, you know, making these, you know, connections of you know, women and women don't have to go through this. Women don't have to go through that. Like, yeah, I get that, but there's things that they do have to go through that we no, don't. No, but but ain't that what we're talking about, masculinity? Because in that case, then that's why I said we're walking punching bags. We're taught basically to be a man to take punches from every direction and learn how to fight through adversity, correct? Yes. So that was my comparison. My comparison was women sometimes speak as if they have it worse than what we got, but yet as a black man in this society, we have to fight through, I feel like, a lot more hoops because, like, we talk about the workplace. To what extent, when we talk about the workplace in terms of workplace harassment, work wages, uh, you know, can they talk about that one a whole lot in terms of, like, equal pay and stuff like that? Are they comparing white, I mean, black women to black males in the same workplace? Are they paying black women to white women in the workplace? Like, I don't know that breakdown. So I'm just simply saying in terms of our masculinity and reason why. A, the generation is softer or don't fight through adversity and don't do all that. You know, just being black alone, you carry the weight of the world, but now you add in all these other factors, like you said, that we have no control over. That's just how the ways work. How do someone progress outside of that when, like I said before, the weight of the world is on your shoulders? If, if I'm not being taught to be a man, how you expect me to handle man things? You get it? Uh -huh. Like, you can't expect me to be a man if I haven't been taught by a man so that we're going back to the family dynamics being disrupted. But if that's that same time, but the same thing, if the reason why the, the, the man's structure or the family dynamic has been disrupted was because the woman made a choice to accept the governmental help or that program or this program, then shit, they can't, in my opinion, because like I'm just saying from whether it's personal or just some of the statistics out there, 
single parent homes they can't complain about if they're help perpetuating that agenda. You get it? Like, you can't say you want to be with a man, you want this man, but you get the man and you pretty much emasculate him. It's like, well, let me, really let me, let me, hold on, Amelia. Go ahead now. You have been on here for about two weeks, so go ahead. Give you grew up in a <laughs> you grew up um you grew up in a um you know your mom's raised two, three well two boys and you and um yep coming from four a, boys yeah. technically but okay, yeah yeah four boys I'm sorry and you um mm-hmm. you you can touch on the subject you want to talk about it well I think the one thing and I'm not going to take over your show guys but I think the one thing that's like sticking in my head right now is you keep talking like it's just. I have two, I've had two thoughts for about an hour now as I've been listening and I missed kind of the first part. So if you already talked about it, I'm sorry, but I think the one thing that you guys keep touching on is that there's more single parent homes than their moms. And we're mad because our boys aren't as strong as they used to be. Well, you touched on it. Like they're, they're raised by empathetic, emotional people. Mm. So no matter how hard your mom was as a single parent, she still raised you with emotion. Um, and even if she seemed hard, my personal belief is that that hardness came out of anger, which is an emotion, pissed off emotion, sadness, emotion, like whatever happened in that situation to make her a single parent is an emotion that she has. And that's how she's raising her children. I can say that like in the work that I've done, a lot of the young men that I've met and worked with, um, that came from single parent homes raised by their mothers, they don't have what they need to be that man because mom always made it better. Cause that's her baby. Mm. They didn't have that dad around to be like, you know what? You got to tough it out. You did this. You got to figure it out. What are we going to do about it? It was literally, that's my baby. Don't hurt my baby. And I'm going to, and that's, it's a mom instinct. Like, I mean, you just have that in you. Like, you hurt my baby and I'm going to kill you because I I grew that. I made that. I did that. Right. So, like, that's all based on emotion. And so moms that are single parents are raising strictly out of emotion no matter what that looks like. And that's just my opinion. Mm. My other thing Uh, is – that I let me throw this out and then I'll just shut up and let you guys roll with it. Oh, no. No, you you just – you're, you're making this even better. Keep going. Okay. So I think the other thing that makes me think a lot is, is that I look back at like when I was in high school and I look at the kids that are in high school now and the expectations that we have, like, I mean, I get it. Like we want everybody to be able to participate. We want everybody to have fun. We get, I get that, but I am a firm believer that a participation trophy is crap. So we've made it that like, Oh, it's okay that you just show up, but we don't have an expectation of you exceeding and doing really, really well to be the best, to be the biggest. Like I remember my brothers playing football and they'd be like, man, this, and my dad, my dad would be like, suck it up, figure it out. You, you did this, you fix it, you whatever. And I just feel like I've even now, like I talk to people or like friends or like where I'm from and in small, like in some of the small towns from where I'm from, like their sports, um, programs are going down the drain because kids aren't going out for sports because it's too hard. Mm. Like since when, like, I don't want to go out and run. It's too hot. It's too whatever. And we've made that. Okay. 
Like, oh, it's okay that you just want to sit inside. I'm sorry. Even as a girl, that was not an option. If I complained about two days, my dad would be like, well, you either play sports or you get a job. You pick. Mm. Like, you choose to play sports. This is what you're going to do. I know it's hot in that gym. I know it sucks. But this is what makes you better. So I just think that we've stopped making kids, like, try. And, like, that's made a softer generation of people because it's like – Oh, it hurts to go out and run. Oh, it hurts to be on a football field. Oh, it hurts to do these things or it makes me uncomfortable. Okay, baby. Well, you can just stay home and I'll serve you freaking Doritos all day long. And hopefully that, you know, hopefully that works out for you. I need oatmeal cream pie. So, so Amelia, I'm going to need for you to drop the mic on that one. Okay. Uh, I mean, that, that, because like you, I mean, that was, that was, you articulated, you articulated in a way, especially when you made a connection of, mom being emotional and then that being her baby because i i didn't even think about that in that sense like you know like yeah like that's mom like that's what mom does like mom goes and like that's my baby i'm gonna try to make his life a little bit a whole lot easier because mm-hmm. that's my baby i, I didn't see and as a man as a father i don't even see the world like that because my mind because my mindset is is like what's second up what you crying for like you know what i'm saying yes yeah, like yesterday me uh we was at my parents house and uh me and the kids went outside about three o'clock three or four o'clock and we was in my parents' driveway doing some basketball drills. And they're out here like, oh, this high. Daddy, is uh, can I get some water? Well, you just got some water. Get some water and come back out here. They stayed inside the air conditioning. You know what I'm saying? I go out there, get your butt outside, you know, and, <laughs> and what all we gotta do. Like, and it's like they need that. But they, they would not get that from their mom. Like that's something that dad does. Like, and so like I I appreciate you making that connection because I was like, yeah, like that does make sense of why. You know, a lot of our kids that do come in single parent homes, like, may be like, you know, wait a minute, my mama takes care of it for me. Why, why aren't you taking the care for it? Why, like, why do I have to do this? You know, so that, that just that hit a light bulb. Hey, now, Greg, now, now, Greg, uh, let's talk about Greg. Now, Greg, you grew up in a single mom home. So what is your rebuttal to that? Okay, I got two things. One, it makes perfect sense. And Brian, that's what I was saying. But what we're talking about is the 75, 77 percent single parent home that there's that emotional response to dad trying to be dad. You see what I mean? Like you just said, you telling your son, get out here, boy, you ain't tired. You got some water, get out here, make this happen. But when you got these single parent homes and this broken family and this co-parenting idea, oh, I got my son for four days or three days or two days or one day this week and the rest of the time with mom, mom is giving him that soft emotional approach so when dad when he goes with dad to do his football, basketball, whatever sport, hey son, come out here. I don't want to do it. Why? Because for the five days I'm with my mom, I don't got to. So I'm just simply saying it's hard and it's going to continue to get harder in that single parent home idea simply because, like Amelia said, women raised from an emotional nurturing kind of aspect. They're going to make things easy because that's their baby. As men, we understand that. But what's even worse is when, as a man, you try to tell your partner or the other parent, hey, I want them in these sports for these reasons. And mom put a hope to it because she got the power. She got the control. She sees them more. She got a 4-2 split, whatever it may be. So I, I definitely agree. Like, I understand the emotional approach to it. No matter how hard they tried to raise a kid, they're still coming from an emotional standpoint. I get that a hundred percent, you know, but I was raised in a single parent home. My mother raised me and my other siblings. And quite honestly, you know, I know she, I know some of it was a front, you know, but I knew she did it because I didn't have my father there. And I know 
the reason why she had to do it. So I kind of understood. But also, when I went to go play sports, because my mother told me, you're not going to be in these streets. You're not going to follow your brothers and sisters. You're going to do something. And she took me down to uh, Firestone Park Rams, the first team I played for. My cousin was the coach. So we had that family connection where he was that man telling me, shut up, deal with it. You ain't tired. Get up. We can do some old up, down, suicide, run track. So I did have a manly man telling me, you got to you gotta figure it out. You got to get it out the mud. You can't sit here and cry because it's too hot or you got a big hit. And, 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 you know, when I was young, we didn't know what concussions was. I'm pretty sure I had a few of them when I was younger. But take an aspirin. Take an aspirin. You good. Hey, make sure when he lay down, put some ice on his head, give him some water. He could be good. So I had, even though I had a single-parent mom, I had manly men around me showing me the ropes. But for a lot of these kids, they ain't got it. They don't have it. So I understand a little bit. I just don't understand once a person decides that, hey, we aren't going to be together, we're going to co-parent, or this is how we're going to raise the kids, that the reason why one person's point of view or ideology trumps the other person. And that's what I think contributes a lot because you can not be in the same house as your kids and still have a mutual understanding in terms of parenting. But I think a lot of times it's that emotional response to that situation that actually affects the kid much greatly, more greatly than anything else. Well, and Greg, I'm with you on that. And I think like from the female perspective of that, I think the reason why that happens is Ryan touched on it a little bit. Like the court system, you walk into a court, you walk into a court as a father, and you're already the bad person. What'd you do to mess this up? What did this happen? And I think Brian and I talked about it a little bit before, where women are manipulative. Like we we know how to get people, we know how to get our way because of our emotion. All I have to do is walk in somewhere and cry, and someone's gonna go, Oh, that poor woman, what happened to her? And I think, unfortunately, I don't think that once, if something doesn't work out with you and the mom of your children or child, the minute that happens, she goes into that emotional state of, I'm going to get you. And a majority of kids live with their moms. Let's be honest with it. The court gives them to their mom and dad gets to see them two or three days a week. And mom knows how to play that. Moms know how to do that. They know, like, I'm raising these kids. I'm doing what I got to do. I'm the one that gets up every day with them. And that turns into a huge emotional roller coaster where kids eventually see that kids see that where it's like, well, my mom's doing all this and I just see you two days a week. So who are you? And that, and that's exactly what I said. And I said, when we talk about the male ego being fragile and a demasculinization of a man, I said, yes, that's, that's like, if I saw my parent two times a week, three times a month, whatever it may be, just by default, regardless of what she's saying or what she's not, that person may then re- look at that as less of less respect, less of a person that's significant in my life and just as a, a title. So that's why like, it gets frustrating because you could do everything you're supposed to as a man and still fall short simply because the control isn't with you. It's with the woman. And that's why when I hear some women talk about being weak or women got it hard or this, that, and the third, I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> what? And like I said, I could be completely wrong saying it, but I'd be like, what's so hard about being a woman? I'm like, yeah, you got, you got, you got some stuff that you may have to deal with on a, on a level where a man can physically, with that, what you go to jail for, physically take control of you, which is illegal. But in terms of day to day living and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, 
men, like you said, we walk into the courtroom because I've been in that experience, sweating, scared, terrified, because by default, I'm wrong. When something goes wrong in a relationship, even if you stick with your partner, I feel like a man has to work 10 times harder rather than the other way around. And I, and I even told my friend, I said, unless a man is physically abusive or emotionally abusive or, or whatever, I said, whatever he enters that relationship, I, I hear a lot of, uh, I went to a private school. A lot of these people used to joke and say, happy wife, happy life. And I'm thinking, what? Like, that makes me scared of marriage. If I got a basic, like, we always talk about women being submissive and this, that, and that. I'm like, it sounds the other way around if you ask me. Like, like you got to lose who you are in order to satisfy this woman that you wanted to be with, which is great. But then I asked them, is it a two-way street? And then they usually be like, yeah, pretty much, you know, this, that, and the third. Or they jokingly say, yeah, as long as she lets me go do A, B, and C. And I'm just like, you got to get permission? Is it permission or is it communicating? <laughs> you know, and I think that's why I said when it comes to these our kids, that's where things were lost because in my eyes, if I'm looking at two parents and the mother is the one that always has to say so because, say, you know, single parent homes, what we're talking about. Mom is always making the decisions, good or bad, and I'm only with dad one or two days. I'm looking at mom as the big dog. I'm with her. I live with her. She gets me my stuff. I'm, I'm with her all the time. I'm learning how she is. So that's why my biggest question is how can we get rid of that when the problem itself isn't necessarily society. It's the fact that women by default are nurturing and emotional. No matter how hard they try to be, they still are <laughs> emotional. And nurturing. But I think I think one thing, sorry, I'm gonna say one more thing and then I'll leave you guys alone. But I think one thing too is that I think we've gotten to the point where like I mean in a way and like men in these situations, like some I what I see is that in some way there's more like they're thinking more emotionally than rationally. Because I look back at my parents' divorce and I think about like what it was like coming from both homes. And I lived with my mom. We went and saw my dad every other weekend. We saw my dad whenever we wanted during the week, there wasn't really a like really strict visitation schedule except for holidays. So that was fair for each parent. But here's the thing is that my father never let an emotional side come out of him when it came to the situation of seeing his kids, because he was like, this is just what we got to do to make this happen. And I was never the kid that was like, I can go to my dad's house and get away with the crazy because my dad wasn't playing that. Like you, you followed his rules. You did what he did. And it and it, him and my mom were very much on the same page where if I ever pulled the, I'm just going to tell mom, he'd go, you do that. Cause I already talked to her about it. So I think there's also that part where everyone has to be able to take their emotion out of the situation and they have to be able to co-parent and, Unfortunately, you just don't see a lot of families that are capable of doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent, and that and that's and that's where I stand with you because, like I said, me and my oldest kids, mom, we co-parent and things are great between us in terms of holidays, we switch days, we on the same page in terms of parenting. He tried when she comes to pick him up. He, mom, dad did this and didn't let me do that. He said, "Well, I'm pretty sure he had good reason." And then at the end of the day, you go listen to him and respect him. It's that mutual agreeance that we're in this for the betterment of you so whatever you say goes and vice versa and there's even times where he was on video chat with her trying to tell on her 
And I nipped that in the butt ASAP, you know, but I think a lot of these relationships and these co-parent situations from single parent homes, it don't work that way. I think a lot of them are women get bitter or emotionally respond to you're not with me, you with another person, or I'm about to be spiteful and manipulative and get this new man. And, and I think that's where a lot of the issues come at to where that I think single handedly affects the home. Like I said, in my opinion, I think that affects the home greatly because now you got a man, the biological father who can't see his own kids, but then you got the woman. I'm not saying all women, just saying some who, Oh, I'm gonna go do my own thing. Keep kids away from you. And what I say goes, or when they come back from dad, Hey, tell me what's going on over there and, and don't listen to them. Don't do this. Don't do that. And I think those other things, like you said, Brian, we need to find solutions. We need to start teaching parenting classes for free. Don't, don't, Pay, people got to pay for parenting classes, but I think it's crazy. <laughs> I think personally, you got to have parenting classes. You got to have parenting classes to where you can understand it ain't just about having a baby. You're talking about a commitment that's more greater than any other commitment that you're ever going to have and to be on the same page. That's one thing that Amelia said. You got to be on the same page. She said her parents were on the same page and you couldn't pull that back and forth because they had an understanding that in order for this kid to be the best they can be, this is what needs to be done. And like even my situation, I know it's still got some work to do because it's, it's, Hey, I do that. Like my son knows when he goes with me, he cries for a few minutes and then he's like, all right, I'm stuck with that because he knows there's certain things he can't do with me that he can get away with, with mom. And I also try to tell her, Hey mom, you can't do this. You can't do that. Don't let him do that because he do it over here. When I get him, he try to do it at my place and I, I don't go for that. So I think, like you said, it's a lot of this communicating, finding common ground and having that mutual respect and understanding so that the kids won't grow up soft. Because I always I tell them to their face, I ain't raising no punk. I ain't raising no softy. Man up. We're going outside. It's hot. You're going outside. Even if it's for 30, 45 minutes, you're getting outside. And I know I actively make sure that my kids are doing everything to where, like I said, I don't want a soft kid. If they end up that way. Maybe I failed somewhere, but I'm going to do everything I can to teach them old values of which I was taught so that, oh, it's hot outside. They're like, so what? Let's play. <laughs> They're not on Fortnite 24-7. They're not in the air condition. They don't go outside and run away from the sun. So, yeah. Well, so I, 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 think, I think, too, and I mean, I'm going to show my countryside here for a minute, but my parents were, like, so on the same page that I remember there was a time – that I lied to my mom about where I was going. I went to a party. I came home tipsy. Okay. She called my dad that next morning, super early. And he said, all right, I got a solution for this. And I literally went out and threw hay bales on a trailer all day long. And when he got done, he goes, don't ever disrespect your mother and show up home, come home drunk again. And I was like, Oh shit. Like they both knew about it. So like, that's like how on, in tune they were with it and that you know what we're not going to do this and we're going to we're going to raise you together even though we're not together that's mad respect mad respect i love hearing stuff yes. like that I, was gonna say it. I went through my situation it's getting better but that's what it's about you know whether and the thing is that goes for people who are actually still with their partner because I think sometimes people is okay because I worked a 12 hour day. I don't have to come home and be dad anymore. No, you still have to put on your game face and do what you're supposed to do for your kids. Because I think a lot of people, it's a respect thing. Like if I don't have, like if I had kids with somebody and I 
don't respect him as a mother or vice versa, don't respect me as a father, that kid is going to have a rough life because they're going to two situations at two different places with two different ideologies being taught to them, not knowing what to believe, how to, okay, when I'm with mom, mom says this about dad, or when they're together, they arguing and fighting. And, and when I'm with dad, dad is acting like this and doing this. That's a bad recipe. <laughs> That's a bad recipe for the streets going to take your kid and they going to make it, you know, and they going to go searching for something more concrete because I see it. Which I work at a youth facility with, uh, in, in Lincoln and I see kids like, oh, my mom was like this, but you know, she was too busy doing that. My dad went in the picture, so I went to go. I went to the streets. I went looking for what I needed to in the streets. And I think, you know, that plays a huge part when you got two parents who don't respect each other. Now they basically enemies and the kids in the middle like, OK, I love my mom, but she hates my dad. But I love my dad and he hates my mom. Um, I'm going to go find somebody that can relate to who I am because that's who's focusing their energy on me. Yeah. Hello? Hello? Did Frank take off? <laughs> but no, nah, man, but, but, but specifically, man, uh, to your to your situation, man, like, hey, keep your head up, man, because it's tough. I ain't going to lie. It's tough. Like, it's, you know, I definitely went through my dark times for sure. I mean, man. Not necessarily out of it now, but nonetheless, um, What's hard, you, know, God, like, you know, not say what okay, it's hard though, Brian. Like, I like I talked to Frank and I'm and I could talk to you about the same thing because I could tell him I said, I'll go call y'all. We have a, a discussion, but that's where I'm at at ours because it's like my bad was sitting, I was setting up my bad was setting up the PlayStation. I had to do something. I'm sorry, man, shut up. You want <laughs> man, you <laughs> over there, Brian. Go look <laughs> at you. All right, go. <laughs> No, but like I was saying, Brian, that's my issue when I talked about relationships last week about the interracial relationship. It's like uh, subconsciously I'm thinking I have to be with a black woman. I have to be with a black woman. I'm trying everything I can. But yet in reality, it's like how much more can you take? Because this person has genuinely showed no interest in who you are as a man, as a father. And I was going to be affecting your kids. But yet it's like one of those things where it's like. Okay, how do you hold it all together? Because I was taught men don't ever give up. You know what I mean? But but then it's like, but if I don't never supposed to give up, how am I supposed to move on with the, like it's just so much that's probably we could talk about off air, but it's just it's that's it's kind of situation. When in, when do you have to know when it's time to go? Yep. Oh yeah. Man, that was a hell of a that was a hell of a show y'all put on. And thank you to Amelia. Um, man, it felt good having Amelia back. You know, that, I, I kind of go and yeah, this, you, you were missed, Amelia. You were definitely a miss. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, I can go back and um, man, I got to do this commissionership, man. So there's things that Amelia don't know I got to do on PlayStation. She say I play it too much, but really I haven't. But you, uh, you good? I gotta go check my baby. I gotta go check on my baby. <laughs> yeah, hey Greg. Yeah, we appreciate you, man. Um, being frank now, um, Sunday was stalling. Amelia stopping in, giving her perspective. Start getting her ass back on the air a lot more. Um, yeah, you guys talk about good things. Um, I don't think we kind of went off topic, but you guys, you know, hit to the point. I know a lot of people will be listening. We're at an hour and 47 minutes right now. But um, anything y'all want to say in closing, though? And then uh, next week, we got to talk about a topic for next week. And 
Um, man, oh. there's so much I can talk about. Well, uh, great conversation. I love talking to y'all. I'm gonna go check on my babies. Uh, Brian, you be hearing from me this week. I gotta holler at you about some stuff. You too, Frank. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, other than that, y'all have a great night's sleep. I can't wait to listen. All right, great. You take it easy, man. Good talking to you, brother. All right, man. Like that. Uh, nice to hear from you, Amelia. <laughs> she you too. See you later. <laughs> All right, yeah, Brian. Anything you want to say in closing, man? Bye. Then what you want to talk on next week? Hey, man. Like I said, we, I mean, there's we can just you know pull out the next ticket of things to talk about because I'm quite sure the world got a you know several things that's going to pop up on the news that we can talk man, about. Like Mary, I said, man. I would, I would, I would love to have that conversation. You know. Then what? Like yes. we can sit here and talk about all the problems in the world, but what's the solution? And, nope. that, and that's and that, and that's something I feel like a lot of people don't really talk a lot about is the solutions. Like what can we do to fix these problems? What does what does police reform actually look like? What does mm. you know? What does this look like? So you know what that might um, give me. You know, I think you're right. I think we should do a show next week like that, and then we need to go ahead and um try and bring on a different um. Just a whole wide range of people, you know. Just let's let me talk to some people. And, yeah, and and I and I still I know for sure that there are some black women out here that are <laughs> wanting to bring up, you know, or, or be involved in this uh, conversation about the inter- you know we had last week. You know, specifically, somebody was like, you know, how y'all gonna have a conversation about interracial marriage and have no black women talk? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so my whole goal was to talk about the um, the men side first, then had the female side. But I'm still waiting for Dupont and get her crew together. But if there's any, I'm serious. If there's any black woman out there that's listening to this show, please, if you heard last week's episode, come forward. Send me an email at benfranknow nine one one at gmail dot com. That's benfranknow nine one one at gmail dot com, or go to our website. I would love love to put you on the um, air and come and um, give a rebuttal to what Greg said last week. But I know a lot of people are kind of highly upset what he said, and rightfully so. And, um, hey, like I said, though, there's a platform for all, you know. Um, you won't be judged. I need you, honestly. I need the black female voice. I really, really do because it brings a whole different perspective. And, I, I, like I said, I stand 100% by it. It's a platform for all. So, like I said, also, if you're out there, you're listening, please send me an email at benfranknow911 at gmail.com. Hell, we can make it happen. I think Brian would be more than welcome to open the Sunday with Stalin show with that. So, um, yeah, just hit hit us up. Hit us up. Hit Brian Stalin's up. Hit Amelia up. Hit me up, Frank. Let's make it happen. And um, Yeah, Stalin, so you want to sit back and wait for a minute, see how this week go, and then maybe find a topic by what Friday to talk about or because I mean, I would love to talk about what you said though, love, um, like the police reform and you know, what's the solution of solving the issue instead of just talking about it. So you want to go with that next week or you want to just wait? And let's, 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 let's leave it open. You know, cause like I said, the news might present some new stuff that uh, might be a little more, more interesting to talk about. So yeah, we, we can, we can chop it up later this week and, uh, Make it make a final decision, but uh, but other than that, uh, like I said, good to hear Amelia because, like I said, Amelia like just she just refined like it's just like she just refined what I said and yeah. like I was like yes, yeah. that's what I was trying to say. I don't know if I was saying it, but she said it, so good deal. So it's good to hear her back. You know what I'm saying? And 
Yeah, we'll figure it out, man. All right, we'll man. Hey, out. man. I know it's late your time, man. Hour 51 into the show. Hey, Brian. Love you, man. You're my brother, man. You take it easy, man. Get some rest, bro. All right, you too, man. All right, man. One time. Hey, this right, is yeah. the Sunday was, Sunday was Stalling Show. This is Ben Frank. Now, we appreciate you joining in and listening to the show. Thank you for Amelia. Amelia, you there? No, she got off the air. Brian's off the air. But, hey, we appreciate all you guys for tuning in. It's been kind of clunky lately, but hey, we're making it back. We're making it back. So we appreciate you all. doesn't matter your race, your religion, your sexual orientation, social, economical, anything that has to do with you. We love you. You know, this is a platform for all. If you're listening, please hit us up because I want to start getting more and more people on here. It's almost August. Almost back to school, I guess. But hey, we love you. We love you all. Be safe. Continue to tune in to the Ben Frank Now Show. And until we see you next time, we out.